bam, we're live. All I ask is that my guests wear headsets and come prepared, and then the fucking host can't even come prepared. Eddie, good morning. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> we hey, have it's a, Monday. We have, it's Monday. Is it, is it Monday? It is Monday. I think so. Pretty sure it is. Do you always do? You, are you the kind of guy who knows what day of the week it is and what the day it is? And are you a Friday is is a getting ready for the weekend kind of guy? I don't. I like to think that way, but I always find myself doing stuff on the weekends. So I try right. to. Everything's based off my children, so I know they're off Friday. Got to do stuff with them. So yeah, ninety five percent of the time, I'm pretty much good to go. That's exactly how it is for me too. If I didn't have kids, I would never know what day yeah, of the week it is. It's, they kind of keep <laughs> me in check. How old are your kids? I've got a 22, 17, 12, 9, and 6, three of which live in in the house. 22, 17, 12, 9, and 6. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Two I have, of which are, we're a blended family, so two are from my wife, the six and nine-year-old. Gotcha. Yeah, you have an incredible story, man. Oh, thank you. You have a fucking incredible story. I, I was reading on the uh, on your website, eddiepenny.com, and mm-hmm. – uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a father of three, I'm 49 and my kids are, I have uh, two twins that are four and one that's six. We started late. So my you're, wife, you're, I, you're in like the storm. Yeah. Slash, I mean, it's, it goes both ways as we know, but yeah, dude, kids are tough, man. Kids are tough. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for one of them to barge in here right now, <laughs> but, but I really, my whole schedule is around them. And I'm fortunate that I live that life where my whole schedule is, can be around them. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I do my podcast in the morning. Uh, I do my work in the morning. And then the rest of the day is, you know, taking my kids from event to I'm a professional van driver. I drive a Toyota Sienna with three kids in it all day. I always, yeah, I always go back to um, daddy daycare. That's just, that's <laughs> yes, <I> yes. <laughs> um, we, we have a, a, a mutual friend. Um, I, I sent him a text letting him know you were going to be on the show. Um, his name is Chance, Chance Hughes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That, that, he was uh he was my mentor, man. He he kind of raised me in the teams. Yeah, I love Chance. Really good friend. And intense. I know another he's intense. Again? He's intense. Very intense. Like, Very oh. intense. Yeah. Uh last time I had him at my house, uh he was I remember he was in the backyard, we were eating, and I asked him uh, some advice for a uh work question. Uh-huh. on how to deal with one of my, you know, one, the CEO of my company. And two hours later, I was in a fucking complete frenzy. I was yeah. like, okay, <laughs> okay. I, should, I needed to ask someone how to handle Chance's advice before I asked for Chance. <laughs> yeah, is he, uh, he, I know he was traveling around. Is he back in Thailand now or? Um, what's funny is I text him about you and he said, who is this? I've switched phones. I'm out <laughs> oh. of the country now. So I don't know. And, you, you know, he says he, he says he stopped working. But um, but I think he still is taking jobs. Well, of course he is. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Hold on one second. I'm in a hotel room, in a room attached to another room, and my wife just left with the kids, and of course the dog started howling. Gotta love the hotels. Eddie, how old are you? Forty-three. Oh man, I'm forty-nine, and I have babies, and you're forty-three, and you're like you already did it. You're, you're well. I guess you have a six-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. I started over again. <laughs> this is when you think you're free and clear. I even told her, I was like, Hey, if you want another one, I'm down. Like, let's do this. Let's go. It is like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to be busy, man, or, or something to do with. And as much as kids suck, sometimes they are so freaking cool. Like they are so freaking cool. They are. They're everything to me. They keep you alive. When people talk about legacy, I, I, I don't really, I never understood it. I'm like, what do I care? When I'm dead, I'm dead. I don't give a fuck about legacy. But now that I have these kids, my kids are like, I want to leave better human beings on this planet than I was. That's 100%, 100%. it. Yeah, they don't have to remember me, but if they can remember, if my kids can add benefit to humanity, then I did the right thing. That's uh, that. That's more important now than ever. If I mean, at all times, it's all, it's so important for that. We got to do our part. You have a you have an interesting. Uh, I was thinking we would talk about this at the end of the podcast, but you have an interesting um, business. You have an in, a business, uh, the Contingent Group, right? Right. And and one of the things you do f- that what that group does is you directly you not only advise people on how to stay safe, but you actually protect people. Correct. Yeah, it started out like it is executive protection. Like we'll just go with you on your trips. Usually international work. Uh, I'd say ninety percent of international work, which has since changed. 
Uh, but then it's just kind of like after about a year of it, I was like, wait a second, there was so much more. So I started learning about it, got my degree in security management, and like, all right, let's expand this a little bit. But I still wanted to keep quality. Like, I didn't want to be like a Walmart of security. Like, we're going to do everything. We can do everything, but we keep our clientele small and we, we, we're kind of choosy. Um, I mean, we go to, you know, we, we want to make sure they're doing the right stuff, not being, you know, abusing their powers, which which happens quite a bit in the security world. And you turn into this glorified babysitter uh, where they tell you what to do. And that's just not that's not who we are at all. But, yeah, I started that. And it's it's been it's been cool. And that's just kind of been one of my passions is keep people safe. I hate bad guys, obviously, with my my career, uh, just kind of take that same stuff and turn it into civilian life. And here we are. I, I was I trip because. So I used to work at CrossFit Inc. Okay. I, was, I was there for 15 years. I was basically worked side by side with Greg Glassman. I came there as a dirt twirling hippie. Uh, couldn't I thought the military were just a bunch of assholes that killed people. I hated cops. And, um, and you know, CrossFit, the foundation of it was to um, anyone who, who fitness could save their life. CrossFit mm-hmm. was for you, right? right? So I became surrounded by first responders, military guys. I got surrounded by tons of libertarians. And I, and I had my eyes opened. And of course, that's a, a lot of people need that. You know, it's, it's really easy to not like cops when you're a 17 year old boy. It's, it's mm-hmm. another if you're if you're a grown ass man and you have three kids and you don't like cops, you have a serious, serious problem. Right. Right. It's like it's like not liking bees because they sting. It's like, listen, fucktard, you need stay out of their way and let bees do their job. We need them. Exactly. And it's not like there's not a certain percentage of turds, just like in any profession whatsoever, doctors, teachers. I mean, you see teachers with underage students all the time. That doesn't mean all teachers are bad. Uh, in military, same way, whatever your guys' businesses are, same same thing. But but yeah, they're a lot of them, like, that's their passion. They want to take care of their neighborhood, where they're from or whatever it is. And like, they just want to put bad guys away. Like, how can you not respect that? And don't be a bad guy. It's pretty pretty simple. If you get a speeding ticket, it's probably because you were speeding, so you were wrong. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. And, and and you have a profession like doctors that are supposed to help people, but through their errors, they're the third leading cause of death in the United States, with over two hundred fifty thousand medical medical errors a year that lead to death. Right. And you compare that to cops, um, and and cops are saints. And you compare that to cops are just people. They're not even cops, just like the government is just people. It's just people here. And then you compare that to the ratio of people who do bad things compared to cops and cops are saints. And so mm-hmm. I, I know the big problem with society is, is that um, that there's a lack of context and mm-hmm. relativism. Right. Right. Um, but my question when I saw that you protect people is a lot of these people that you protect. Um, I'm trying I want to say it in an objective way, but the first word that comes to mind is the people who are tur- they're turds. They're- uh, I wouldn't say that's why I was telling you we're kind of like we pick and choose who we are. They're not they're not all. I've had some that I don't agree, and they get that I've cut clients before, and you really don't know a client until you've worked with them. You kind of see their beliefs, the way they act, the way they treat people. Uh, right. and yeah, sometimes it's gone the wrong way. I'm like, uh, I don't like this. This is ridiculous. Like I'm not your servant and I don't like the way you're treating your staff, your people. So we, we've done that. Uh, but a lot of people are really cool too. Like there's, there's, you know, there's, there's both sides of it. And I, I guess what I mean is like this guy who's the um, president of Instagram, I forget his name. Um, but I follow him, um, on one of my accounts and, the, and he, you know, he, I see him riding his bike through Golden Gate Park with his kids and he has his like little kids all masked. He says a ton of stuff in the, in the name of being supposedly against racism, but mm-hmm. he's, full, he's fully racist. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's pushing the racist agenda. He's for, he says he's for um, bettering humankind. And yet he supports people who feel sorry for themselves and would rather wallow in their own pity than mm-hmm. people who want. But this guy clearly needs protection, right? hundred I mean, percent, yeah. So um, it's just people like that. But then on the other hand, I, I hear you the same way I was judging maybe police officers and military when I was on one side of the, when I was the Berkeley dirt twirling hippie. Um, now I, I have intimacy with, you know, I know so many SEALs. I know so many police officers. I know so many firefighters. And I'm like, oh, shit, these are just regular dudes just out there fucking giving it their all. Right. Yeah. Like go, go back to like the Instagram guy. I mean, yeah, the, his security detail probably doesn't like him. I know a lot of higher ups and big companies <laughs> that just don't like him, but it's like anything else they do it for, um, 
do it for the money, man. And I and I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Like you need to be behind who you're who you're working for or who you support. But yeah, right. I mean, we know we know Instagram. We know we know all about Instagram. <laughs> they sent me a survey yesterday asking me, and there was all these questions and. And the questions had tons of presuppositions. I wish I could remember one. I took some screenshots. It's so funny. They were like, does Instagram make the world a better place? And it was just like, that's a hard note. That's a, that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a hard one. But I mean, the thing is too, like, it's twofold, right? Like you could be on there research. Like I watch like jujitsu training, Muay Thai training, like all the time. Yes. When I get better, yes. I learn moves, but there's also, you know, people pushing their agenda. Oh, you should feel this. You should think this way, which I guess we're all entitled to, or are we not entitled to if you're on a certain side uh, where they censor you? Um, Yeah. A lot of it's not fair. It's bull crap. Uh, But at the end of the day, if that's your company and there's no regulations stating otherwise, I mean, who's to stop them? I don't agree with it. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's, it's petty and it's childish. Like you can't handle someone else's opinion. And I think that's where we kind of get in that issue today is, we just, we, we all want to talk. We don't want to listen to anyone. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's where conversation goes is um, I always was taught the rule, like 80, 20, like listen to what they're saying, give your feedback. Unless it gets turned on you, then you obviously, you know, pop into the conversation, but it just appears that we're a, 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 a society of talking, talking and not listening to the other person. It's like, you tell me something I get a little little segment of what you're saying as you're still talking and in my mind. I'm thinking, okay, here's going to be my response, but I'm not listening to anything else you're saying right now. And it's ridiculous. And I mean, I've, I've, I've been that guy until I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, I gotta talk on this stuff. I'm not going to say that I'm like this uh, perfect listener. Cause I'm definitely not. You can ask my wife, um, <laughs> but yeah, like we don't listen and value other people's opinions. Uh, like I, I value other people's opinions. I, I don't always agree with them. But I was like, hey, thanks for your point of view. And the reason why you have your point of view is because, oh, your parents were this or you grew up over here or this tragic event happened to you over here. Like, I understand that. That doesn't mean I agree with you. You're you're entitled to your own opinion. You're entitled to your own beliefs. But they might not be mine. And that doesn't mean I hate you as a person. That doesn't mean I like whatever you say is like, I don't dis- I don't agree with you. Does not interpret to I hate you. You're stupid. And that's, I think that's where it gets twisted and turning. I mean, what do you guys think? It's pretty pathetic. Actually, I'm with, I'm with you hundred percent. I have tons of friends who are woke. I have tons of friends who are confused and they don't realize that they're pushing the racist agenda. And I have great conversations with them. Great mm-hmm. conversations with mm-hmm. them. I have tons of guests who are of all descent, black guys. And I'll be like, dude, how, what, what do you think about LeBron pushing the victim, vict- victocracy and the victim mindset mm-hmm. when, when he made it to the top, um, uh, not being a victim. That motherfucker worked his ass off to get where he got. You know right. what I mean? He knows that hard working. Yet he he was having people like push this feel sorry. And we've had great conversations. Yeah, it's when they drag me into their story that I get pissed. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Twenty years you were in the military. Correct. Yeah. How how many times? How many times did you think about getting out before you you made it all all twenty? One time when I was in the Marines, my first four years, I failed at sniper school. Um, and it just wasn't like in the culture in the Marines, not to say that it's bad. It just wasn't, uh, wasn't jiving with me. And I was like, all right, screw this. Like I thought about going back and being a, being a cop. Um, and then after processing this stuff, I was like, wait a second, I always wanted to be a SEAL. I need to switch over to the Navy. So I went to the Navy recruiter, like, how do I do this? And that was about my three-year mark in the Marines. So I did all the paperwork, had it all set. So the day after I got out, cause you had to have, <clears throat> excuse me. One day, uh, one day break in service. You couldn't just cross over, which cost the government more money, more of my time, more recruiter time. It's just it's it's a it's a mess and slash nightmare. Uh, but, but did that switched over and the seal thing? I was like, but but that was the only time I thought about getting out, and it lasted for maybe thirty days at that. And I was right back on the train, like, no, this is my calling. I'm supposed to be in the military. I love this. This is good. I love my country. I love my people. Like, this is it. And, and do you still get 20 years of service, even though you took a one-day break in between? Yeah, I have technically 20 years in one week, I think it is. So I, I timed it pretty good. <laughs> so, so you go to the Navy. Is there a um, 
is there a typical guy that's in it's, that's in the um, that's in the military? You know, like you hear this profile, like guys who become police were like picked on in in, in high school. I, I don't, I have no idea if that's true. I used to always have, say that. And then, and then, and then <laughs> they have an axe to grind, so they um, so they get out and they become police officers. Is there is there a a demographic or a, a profile of, of a military guy? Or is it just for, all for a military guy? No. If you get to the spec ops community, more so, absolutely. Uh, not not the average military. You've got, you know, your your dorky guys, your preppy guys, your gangster guys, your I mean, just your your jocks. I mean, you go down to what you've heard in high school. You've got all those dudes thrown in the melting pot called the military. Uh, and they're all there for different reasons. Some because of their family, some because they got in trouble with the law, some because they want free college. Uh, they have no idea what to do, so they do that. They want to go learn a, tra- a train, a trade, uh, and some just want to take it to the enemy. So it, it just depends. You've got all these different aspects of like people coming in. But no, I, w- I would say there's all walks of life. Um, yeah, I, yeah. There's there's so many different. It's a, it's a broad broad uh, spectrum of like the culture that that's in there. But when you get to like certain jobs, absolutely, it gets broken down, hundred percent. By jobs, you mean like specialties, like breacher. Yeah, like, obviously, or- I know pretty much the spec ops community. That's probably about it. Because in like infantry, because that's all I've done, so I really can't speak for the others. Minus you know uh, short engagements with them, but like ours are more aggressive go-getters more of your alpha type and not not to say that they're all like that but they're just like hard workers and they just um they want to keep climbing climbing the ladder to get to the pinnacle um and some some stop and like this is where i want to be this fulfilled my childhood dream of being in the military or they have a bad um exposure overseas lost some friends and see some bad stuff and they're like this isn't for me i need to concentrate on my family and in as much as i used to be like that's you're 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 taking the easy way out and making excuses. Uh, I can't I can't you just can't speak for other people. You have no idea what's going on in that brain and what's going on in their family. And uh, I think that's a maturity thing that comes with age because you know there's a time like pussy like you're, you're <laughs> all that stuff. But uh, yeah, they, you just you, you can't um, you can't tell other people what to do or what to think or what to feel. It's just like it's it's ridiculous, you know. So. One of your, um, it, it's funny you say that about the pussy thing. Uh, in, in my one, one of the first um, seminars when I first started working for CrossFit, and I came there, I came there in the capacity of making videos for them mm-hmm. before the internet really even had any videos on there. They were just starting to do pictures and videos, you know, because the bandwidth was so slow in two thousand six, two thousand seven. People were afraid to put up pictures, let alone videos. And I went to a seminar. And, um, and uh, one of your uh, colleagues was uh, running the seminar with Greg Glassman, Dave Castro. He, he's a, uh, uh, you're a West coast guy, right? East. Oh, sorry. You're an East coast guy. This guy's a West coast guy. And, um, we worked, we worked on the East coast. We didn't, uh, go to Hollywood on the West coast. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So when I asked him about you, he goes, no, I don't know him. He's an East coast pussy. So uh, uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I probably wasn't supposed to say that. That's um, right. They're too busy getting their suntan. We, we've got these jokes <laughs> to go back and forth. That's right, all you right. hear. So, um, and, and, uh, so, um, uh, he was, uh, he was a dev group guy like you. And so we, I go to this seminar and I'm a Berkeley guy, you know, and everything's politically correct and you have to do things right. And I go to the seminar and it's, it's CrossFit and they we're going to do this exercise called Fran. And there's these two kinds of bars you use a 95 pound bar and a 65 pound bar. Mm-hmm. And he goes, okay, I've lined up the 95 pound bars over here for men and the 65 pound bars over here for women and pussies. <laughs> I'm like, he can't say that. He, he, he can't say what he, uh. <laughs> he said it. He said it. He said it women. And, and I didn't do the workout. I was, I was below a pussy. I didn't do the workout. I was offended. And, and I, and I didn't do the work. I just, I climbed into like a boxing ring that happened to be there at Freddie Camacho's gym at that time. And I just watched and years <laughs> later when, and I'm now I'm very good friends with this guy. And years later I go, you know, that like as a Berkeley guy that just fucking rubbed me the wrong way. And I was offended. And I was like, you can't say pussies and women because yeah, I saw you act like a bitch and get and run away and hide in the ring. Okay, so, like, this is perfect. Like, wh- okay. Looking back, what, what do you, what do you tell yourself? Like, dude, it's not a big deal. Like, see, I think the yes. correctness, it's not a big um, deal. It's not a big deal. I think not that's what we are like, I can't say this. So we make up bullshit. We manipulate the other people and there's no truth or transparency. There was, like, I was, cares. I was doing overhead squats 
in in the and I understand the thing is this I understand if if you're offended but in the same way that you need to understand that if you are offended that it's your shit and that um it, it's not the road to enlightenment right happiness and wisdom I'm okay with you being offended as long as you it, and I and I and I take responsibility for partaking in you being offended as long as you also realize that it's made up it's your insecurity it, it's like the, it's like this phone I talked about on the show yesterday. I'm not in denial that this phone is made by slave labor in China and that I use mm-hmm. it and I'm participating in it. You also don't de- – please don't deny that this is a top-down virus created from people at the top. There aren't people just dying in the streets everywhere. But you're scared of it because you watch too much TV. Like I, it's okay to admit that. Touchdown. Right? <laughs> so I'm working out at CrossFit HQ and, um, and I'm doing overhead squats with 95 pounds. And I think the workout was a, a 135 and there's a girl, a 19 year old, um, uh, girl doing it with 135, the men's weight. And I hear this from across and I'm an executive there and she's a fucking peon. And I hear this from across the room. Sevon, you're a pussy. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess I'm enlightened. Cause I took that as a compliment that at least I'm Heck doing yeah, the make that blood the workout. Boil, let's go. Yeah. 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 The it goes back to the mindset. How are you going to take that? How are you going to receive probably it? Are you going to fuck me as go well. down or are you going to be like, all right, cool. Watch this. Yeah. <laughs> she probably liked my body and she, and she was, that was her way of pressing back. If she wanted to sleep with me. Okay. I'm going to build a little bit. Or it could have been that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or she generally meant, dude, you're weak. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Come on, Eddie. Come on. Eddie. I couldn't even get the bar over my head because my shoulders just don't work. So <laughs> you, you got me big time, buddy. <laughs> That's so, hilarious. so um, how old are you when you go in and is it called, I hear the dog howling. He jumped off my lap. How old are you when you, what kind of dog is it? It's a Chihuahua Basenji. It's the worst dog ever. <laughs> it's also a hundred years old. We found that out last night. Too. Oh, there we go. The, the dog's been around for a while. Have you noticed <laughs> in, in the military now, if you have any connections, Eddie, is there a sense of that offendedness spilling out into that as well? I don't think from the military, like any guys that I, I ran with or whatever, no one gets offended. We get pissed off by people being little bees, but uh, yeah. that that's about it. Like we don't, I get the military culture is you, I mean, from day one, you were talked down to, you were tore down and that's the process is to build you back up. So little right. things don't bother. You can concentrate on the mission and right. concentrate on maybe a guy bleeding out next to you and save their lives or take down a guy that's trying to kill you or your buddy. So yeah. the, 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 we, we waste so much. I mean, if you just look, we waste so much time, especially on the news. Oh, he said this, who gives a shit or they like your actions are everything. I mean, you can, you can get in trouble. This, everyone will probably understand this. You can get in trouble with your significant other and you can say this, you can say this, you can say this. It doesn't matter. But if you show it, that's what matters, right? Like, Hey, I promise you, I'm not going to be at the office until nine o'clock every night. Okay, cool. And then a week passes. You're still there. I'm in next week. Okay. But if I come home at five and I'm showing that consistently, now I'm proving myself. We, we are so wrapped up in what this person tweets or, or talks about or it, who gives a crap. Like, I'm not going to say like, I'm all about being a voice and not an echo. I'm, I'm all about it. I really believe that it educates me. I try to get back. I get in, in, uh, inspiration, motivation from other people, people I look to mentors I get worked out stuff, what to do. I mean, you name it. And I'm sure you guys are the same, but I don't need to, I, I never have been that guy that gets onto something. I'd be like, you're a piece of, like a post comes up. You're a piece of crap. You're stupid. This is dumb. What does that do? Yeah. What is it? If, if I would have been like, Hey man, I just don't understand this. Here's kind of like my view. What do you think? Or like a, a sidebar message or something, but people just get on there. Like they just like vomit. Like, like a douchebag. It's ridiculous. Like, what does that solve besides maybe making you feel better for about 30 seconds? It's dumb. And that's all. Yeah, I, I've erased so much stuff. I've re- I type stuff out to people. And I would, and every time I'm upset, I type stuff out to people. And then I walk away and I'd say 90% of the time I erase it. I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, like, I'm just participating in the. It's just, it's, well, it's just monkeys just throwing poop at each other. It doesn't do <laughs> anything. It does nothing besides, especially if you're the dude, like you're pissed off. Like I, I used to do when I first started, like this media crap. Um, I used to kind of like take it to heart. Like, whoa, like, I don't know you. Why are, why are you coming at me like that? But then I realized people just have a bad day. Some people just need a hug. And you, unfortunately, you can't give it to them through Instagram or something like that. It's just like, it, it's, it's on them. Like you can't you can't help other people's choices, how they act or anything like that, but you can control yourself. And uh, which is sometimes hard. Cause I've done the, 
let me write this out on my notes and I'll just let it sit there. And then, okay, that, that's stupid. I felt better writing it out to myself and then just let it go. But yeah, but, but you guys have seen it all. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's ridiculous. But at the same time, we shouldn't let those things when people do that affect us. Because it's, it's a person's opinion. They don't know you. They don't know the whole context of, of what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's just, uh, and why, why let it ruin your day, right? It's, it's crazy. I, um, so in that regard, for the most part, I try to let it go until I think it's going to affect my kids. Well, that, yeah, that, that's different. I mean, yeah. If, uh, yeah, you know what I mean by that? Yeah. yeah. Like if you're, man, you're mandating injections for kids at the, at the school, um, then all of a sudden it's like, oh man. I, oh, I'm not saying fight for the beliefs and take down evil. I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely not saying that. Uh, right. yeah, I think that's a problem. There's not enough people fighting for good and right. saying that this is not, a, no matter what you believe making someone do something. I mean, we, we are slipping to Nazi Germany. It, it's, it's mm-hmm. crazy. It's my, this is not America. This is not the America I served that I knew of. You know, there might have been. I'm sure there's tons of stuff going on behind the curtain, which is 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 sad. But uh, this is this is not America. This is not what we stand for. This is not what the the country or the uh, the rest of the world views America. This is not it. I've got so many message messages from other people, random people, friends, people I served with that have reached out. Like, dude, what's going on with America? That's like the last standing country of freedom in this administration. They they are wrecking it. They are taking a wrecking ball and destroying this country. No matter what happened to the Democrats, were you ever a Democrat? Never. No. I mean, for the longest time, I didn't even know what the two were: Republican, Democrat. I just I was I was a a Democrat. Elephant would beat up a donkey, so I tend to go to the uh, the elephant. (laughs) (laughs) But before we go to that, I want to get to the fact that you that there's some questions I have about um uh, just your military and about how you got on Dev Group Dev Group and what they call. Um, seal team six I, just so that the the viewers know like hey this isn't just some guy sitting in front of some books um uh so, i've read two of those no <laughs> <laughs> so so um you so you're in the marines for four years you yeah. decide you want to go to the navy when you decide you want to go to the navy it's because you specifically want to become a seal correct which and- it, which was like a childhood dream the only reason why i switched over to the marines i have a really good friend that i swam with uh, he graduated a year before me. I went to his graduation at Paris Island Marine Corps boot camp and I fell in love with it. I was like, I'm doing this. Okay. And, and why did you, why did you join the military? Uh, that's what I always wanted to do since I was a kid. It was actually during, it was, I think it was 90 operation desert storm shield, whatever, what is going on. They had all those Eagles, the yellow flow and ribbons support our troops. Yeah. I remember being at a Cincinnati Reds baseball game as a night game. And they sang that the star spangled banner Planes flew over. They had some fireworks go off. There was flags everywhere. I remember tugging on my mom like, I want to do that. I like pointed up to the plane. It's not be a pilot. I was like, I want to be in the military. From that day on, that was it. Okay. And that was what my year, moment. And what year did you enlist? 96. And did you get pushback from your parents? Was was anyone like, nah, you can't do that. No, it's dangerous. I mean, I heard, I heard, I heard it all. I was 17. So my mom and dad had to sign for me. Uh, and they just said, think about it. And I was very consistent uh, about it. There was no wavering. Um, and they, you know, I'm sure reluctantly they signed. And then that was it. So, and then I turned 18 at boot camp without telling anyone because you just don't tell people that. <laughs> were you a kid? When you look back, were you a kid? Like, were you still going to puberty and shit? I think I was a kid, like, until last week, to be honest right. with you. Um <laughs> No, yeah, yeah. Like the Marine Corps time, I'm like, man, I was so young, but but like you didn't even time, have hair on your chest, right? Pretty much. Yeah, or anywhere else. I was like a going through like, yeah, <laughs> my voice, like you know, yeah. changing everything. Uh yeah, my my Marine time, I'm very thankful that I did the Marines before the SEAL thing. Uh, I obviously I don't know if I would have made it, but I just I matured a lot. I was a I was a late bloomer, my body changed, my 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 knowledge changed, my respect changed, discipline changed. So I really I'm very thankful that I went to the Marine Corps uh, first. They established a very great foundation for me, uh, which I th- I thank them so much. Um, as as much as I really did not like it in switching over, I I I did very good after that because of that. So, and and so so and so, do you immediately when you go to the um, Navy? Do you immediately just are you just jump in line like you immediately just go to buds or? I I wish I tried. No, you got to do like you got. I went to this. It's called a transitioning process unit. I was there for like two months where they get all the paperwork. You got to do uh, 
physical uh, screening. And then back then, <clears throat> like now, SEALs have a, a, a rate, a job. It's called SO, Special Operations. We didn't have that back then. So you had to have a job. So I went to Gunner's Bay School, which was, I think it was like five months. That was there in Chicago, which I had to go to because you had to have a job before you went. So if you did get shit canned, you had a place to go, like you had a job. So they wouldn't, you know, there was no back and uh, back and forth. So I had to do that. And then I went over to Bud's, knocked it out. And then rest was history. Oh, okay. So we, that makes sense. We had another seal on here a couple of weeks ago. He's running for Congress. Do you know Eli Crane? I, I I know I know of him acquaintance. I talked to him on uh, Instagram occasionally. Yeah, yeah, I'm, and good for him. That's awesome. Cool dude. So he exp- he tried to become a seal, failed, and then he said he had to go to some shit job. Like you go, to, and that must have been yes. what it is. He must have, and then he had to go do that shit job for a while, and then yeah. go back okay. and try to yeah, yeah, yeah no one, yeah, yeah. you paint ships like it's just not a good deal. Yeah, yeah. He, he, I was like, wow. And so they train you that for that before you even go to buds. Because they know most guys fail. It, it it changes throughout the years. Like now, I don't think you do any job. You go out there. It, it's it changes all the time. Okay. Obviously, it's it's always trying to like how do we save money? Because yeah, you're right. Like seventy five percent are going out there, and then you're flying them back somewhere else. So there's a lot of buds washouts in San Diego. <laughs> ah. <laughs> okay. I don't want to pay for you to go. You and your family to go somewhere else. You know, it comes up the dollar really. Does everyone yeah. do buds in San Diego, or if you're an East Coast guy, you do it on the East it's Coast? It's all everything's over there. Oh, okay. There's just okay. one. I mean, there's not a lot of people uh, per class. I think they run. God, I don't know any class they run. Maybe three to five. I, I there's no way they could do that. Maybe it's two. I, I don't know. It's not a lot of classes uh, a year. I I, I don't know is, the name. Or is that know. was Chance your instructor there, or did you deploy with Chance? No, I was. Um, when I checked in after my training, I went to SEAL Team Two, and Chance was my uh, platoon chief, and that's where I met him. He's, he's awesome, man. And he was taking a break from development group at the time. And he just like, he knew CQB, like going through the houses and clearing them. And dude, that guy, that guy's a stud, like operationally, he, he is a stud. And so I got to learn from him. So he was a mentor among some other guys. So it was awesome. Like he, if it, like he set the stage for my, my future years. Cause he knew what he was. We treated our platoon like development group and not some conventional force. So it was awesome. It was really good. He's a good dude. Um, he said, he said uh, when I asked him about you, he said uh, his words about you are, um, tell him I said hello. Eddie Penny is a hard motherfucker. Have him over <laughs> for dinner. <laughs> He's saying that because we were drinking a lot. <laughs> um, he, uh, you know, um, and, and I, I met him through this other guy that I was telling you about who I met through at CrossFit, Dave Castro, who is also mm-hmm. in Dev Group the guy who said that the 65 pound bars were for, uh, right. Uh, women pussies. and pussies. Yeah. 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 That, and that's how I met him. And, and he said all the same shit that you said about chance. He said, fuck. He said, I don't know if this guy ta- taught me good shit or bad shit, but he taught me a lot of shit. A lot of stuff. He, yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You got to respect that. Cause that's our job, right? Like is just give it to the younger generation that there's your legacy, right? That goes back to the first thing we were talking about. Be like, that guy was a legend. Yeah, a legend. Sounds like it. Um, how how long were you um, on SEAL Team Two, and why push for SEAL Team? Why why push to to go to a different team to the to the Dev Group? Why why not just be um, content there? It's it's what's a different it's a different mi- what's wrong with you? It's a di- a lot of things. It's a different <laughs> mission set. Um, like when I was at Team Two, I didn't fire one shot at a bad guy. I mean, I I, I got. That's not true. Okay, I lied. There, there was one time. Um, but it wasn't like you go to development group. It's like every night you go out, there's a gunfight. It's just I have a, I have a, I've, I've said this in other podcasts. I have Tom's disease, terrified of missing shit. Uh-huh. Like I just, I, I've got to be where it is, right? Like I was always the guy, you know, hey, we're going to go out. Are you going to go? And I really don't even feel like it, but like I might miss something cool, like a fight or, or something, but yes, I'll go. <laughs> Right. It just, I just don't, uh, I don't, I don't want to miss anything. So yeah, it, it's just a different mission set. It's not, you don't get really high value targets at team two. Uh, and, and not to say that you don't do great stuff. You do wonderful stuff. But when you go to development group, it's before I even went in, when I was at buds, I asked the question kind of what you just asked, what's the difference. And they said, you know, the teams are awesome, but development group is like, if you took is like the super bowl team of the seal teams. 
So of course I hear that. I'm like, so that's what I'm going to do. And that's what, what I just worked for was that because I got to team two. I was like, all right, I need another goal. I'm one of those guys. Like what's next? Okay. What's next? And then once you develop my group, it's like, all right, I'm going to be a, be a, be a breacher. And I want to be a true, a team breacher, a troop breacher, a squadron breacher. And then just, you just want to, and then a, a team leader and just like, it just keeps going and going and going and learn this skill, that skill. But yeah, when you go out, when you're a development group, it's, um, you're going through the bad dudes that are armed, that want to fight, that will fight. It will take it to you, but we take it to them. And it's, it's, it's gunfight after gunfight after gunfight. It's, it's awesome. Just yeah. look at the books, right? <laughs> look at the books and the movies. We're fully engaged. And so are a bunch of other army units. Um, they're awesome as well. Uh, just, you know, yeah, somehow we got hollowwoodified, but that's cool. Did you ever do any transfer programs? Did you ever work over at Delta Force or do any exchange programs? I, no, I did. I worked with with uh, Delta, but never did an exchange to to jump over. I, w- I was content where I was. I loved being with the guys. I was. Um, if I stayed in longer and didn't get custody of my children, that I had to kind of pull out of my seventeen year mark, I might have done something like that to switch it up. But uh, no, did a couple ops with them, but no, nah, just just stayed at um, the development group. When you're with SEAL Team um, Two and you and you want to switch, is is it, there's a trying out process? So you have to like submit a packet or a form, like, "Hey, may I please switch over?" And you can usually after you do two deployments. So after your first deployment, you can submit your paperwork to ask to go because they have to obviously you're leaving, so they have to fill you in. Uh, so you send that out, and then if you get accepted before that deployment, you go over there. You get in your dress uniform, you go through a board. Uh, they, they just nail you with tons of questions. There's like, I think maybe 10 guys uh, wearing all kinds of different stuff that are, that have been there, done that. And they're just asking you questions. They're just drilling you like why you want to be here and all this stuff. And they're not accepting really any, uh, any of your answers. So it's kind of like an intimidation factor. And then you got to do some um, a physical test to be accepted. And they tell you, if you can come back, then you come back. And then you, you start your six-month six month process, and the first day is a physical uh, assessment test. If you pass that, then training begins. And then after that, like, that training blows buds out of the water. Like, it's it's it was way harder, but twice as fun as buds. Like, because it's all operational stuff. Like, it's, it's, it's big boy stuff. Uh, Jake Carter says, thank you for your service. Dude is a certified badass. There's so many comments coming <laughs> in thanking you, by Thanks, the way. Thanks, <laughs> Um, and, and what if you don't, what if you don't make it, Eddie, what if, what if you don't make, do they send you back to two or do you have to, yeah, you, you would go back, uh, you would go back to your team. And then from there, I, from what I understand, they have a choice. They accept you or are they like, fuck you asshole. You yeah, it's kind of go. It kind of depends on your reputation. So that's what we, one thing we told from like day one week, when a training is like your reputation starts now. Uh, they'll take care of you. They'll accept you back, depending if they need somebody else somewhere, like in a training division, or hey, we need someone to work at this space for a certain school. It all depends. Thankfully, I don't know a lot about that. <laughs> is is it scary trying? The reason why yes. is because I've, the guys I've talked to who did do Dev Group are like, yeah, it's it's fucking weird. Like you, you've already you've already done it. You don't need to push any further. You're already a fucking seal. But there's something about you that just can't stop. And right. uh, it, it's, it's like it almost sounds like pathological, like you'd like like and you yeah, kind of yeah. hinted at that in the beginning. It's like, yeah, th- these aren't like there's a lot of good dudes in the military, but the dudes who go to special ops or something just a little bit. There's there is a a profile. Yeah, there there is. I mean, people do it for, for different reasons. My reason was uh, I just I always wanted to be in combat. And that sounds like a great idea when you're not in combat, because when you're first in combat, you're like. I dreamed about this. Why is, is bullets are flying over your head and weird things are happening. But um, I'll tell you this, man, to be honest with you, and maybe this is where some serious issues lie in my, in my body is the first dude I took out was like the most intense drug euphoria feeling I've ever had in my life. It was like the most pride. I was like, bad guy gone. Can't do anything to anybody ever again. And I knew who he was. I knew what he did. It wasn't just like some random guy that just happened to be shooting at me. I, I knew who this guy was um, with a long list of craziness. But so I, I just got, I got addicted. Like, like I've never done crack, but I've heard it's very addicted or, or meth or whatever. And it just kind of like changes people's lives. That changed my life. I was hooked. 
I remember going out to an ops. If I if I wasn't shooting someone, because uh, not everyone, not every time do you shoot someone, you don't shoot someone every night. But um, I'd be like, man, did I even? I felt like a failure. My failure was I didn't shoot somebody. That was that's how that I associated the two. I'm like, shut up, Eddie. Like, <laughs> maybe, it, maybe it is like meth. Um, <laughs> this is this is why I say it because when when I was in college, like I, meth came into like there was this group of like thirty of us. I went to UC Santa Barbara, and like meth entered our group. And there was a group of us who did it every night for like a month when it first came. Mm-hmm. And then like I was part of that first group. After that thirty days, it was like fuck, we we can't do like we're done. You know, like there's a timestamp on this shit. Then there was a group who did it for like six months. And that that was like another, like 15 of us tapped after a month. And then there was another group who does it like for like another, like two months. Now they're at the three month mark of basically doing math. And then like 10 of them tap. So now there's only five guys left. Mm -hmm. And then after a year, you see two of those guys and like two of the dudes are like sucking dick. And like one of them's in jail and it's like, and one of them's like growing their nails long and is dying their hair. And like, he's just turned, he's like, they're like falling to shit. And so maybe there is a, a, there is there is a timeline on doing what you do. It's 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 hard it's hard on the um it's hard on the soul. And the body. Yeah, both of them get pretty warped right? for sure, for sure, for sure. And so there's yeah. a uh but they're both addictive and, and fun as shit. Yeah, like I mean, right now being out if I if I didn't have the kids and for some reason poof I had like no family, it was just me, I'd go right back in if I could. Like without question, that's just my calling, it's my passion. <clears throat> Fortunately, I do have my family, but I'm just saying, if not, I would be in there. And the only reason why I left was to take care of my children who I got custody of, which which is a blessing in itself. But, man, it was it was a very hard time getting off that train, not going, not deploying with my boys and getting that feel like I just go into savage mode and be like, dude, like because there's a belief that they were attacking Americans and all that stuff. And I'm like, there's nothing more like you don't bully us. Like it's coming to you and I'm, and I'm the wrath. That, that was my, that was just how I processed it. That was my mindset. Has that feeling of missing out? Has that feeling of missing out on that? Has that subsided a little bit or do you still feel it? Uh, Yes. It subsided quite a bit. That first year to two after I put down my guns, it was very hard. That was the hardest time of my life. And it was actually the same time I was raising children, 10-month-old, one in diapers, a five-year-old, and a nine-year-old girl. So it was very, very confusing for me. Um, I didn't know what to do. I mean, you're savage. You're savage. You've been training your whole life just to go kill people pretty much and, and, and rescue hostages or whatever. Then you come back and like, all right, take care of these three kids. <laughs> now you're changing diapers. <laughs> what? What do you mean? What? Like I'm doing ponytails and pigtails and trying to pick out clothes for girls at five. It's like, What? <laughs> everything you're saying is so consistent with the other guys that i've talked to especially the guys who were on on the team you were on basically you know one of them was sent home and he says it's the fucking worst thing ever you're trained to do one fucking job yeah. even though it's not your fault you feel like you're letting your guys down by being sent back and just mm-hmm. just the frustration i hear in the voice and also like one of the guys i I was on G chat with almost every single night and it was the strangest relationship. And I felt honored to have that relationship, but there was just basically two, there were two things that were really frequent that he would say to me, um, stop talking to me. Don't chat me anymore. Like the, and that, that he really made me thick skinned. He was never mm-hmm. rude, but like everything is just like, and, and then, and then he was always going on jobs. So he would go on a job. It was like fucking every day. Mm-hmm. on a job and then he would come back five hours later and i'd see his green dot pop back on and i'm like you're back from his job and he goes yeah don't talk to me you know and he's, oh, uh, and he was yeah. taking care of work he was someone i worked with at crossfit inc you know mm-hmm. and, um yeah i could tell that there was sort of this love hate like there was an addiction to his job yeah. and i didn't realize I, I guess what you said to me as i never heard it like that that the that the six guys were really busy and this guy was really busy yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's almost like when you're, when you're in it, you don't even realize how much go, go, go it is. I remember I would be, yeah, it just, it depends, but it's, yeah, the schedules always change. Timelines always change. Yeah. It's, um, it's a cult. It's a, it's a lifestyle, 100% a, a different lifestyle. Uh, it was, it was freaking awesome, man. As long as you don't have outside distractions. Cause, and that's why a lot of us just like dumped everything around us, including our family. Um, I was that guy, uh, and concentrated on that job. Cause I, I really, 
I convinced myself that the only thing that mattered was this country. And whatever that means is like, it wasn't like I was saying, screw you family, don't talk to me. Uh, but it was my, my priority was the job. And I wish, wish I could go back and be there with my kids. Cause when I got custody of my kids, I'm like, I don't know anything about these guys. And I got to relearn or, or learn for the first time who the, my, who my kids were. And it was awesome. Like it was so cool. And I'm like, why did I, why, how did I was so selfish and so self-absorbed into this? And, and the problem is, is what I just explained is, and I'm sure you guys will agree is that is a huge problem today, no matter what the job you'll see fathers just be absorbed in something else besides their family. They think they work from nine to five or nine to six. They come home. It's their time to watch football and not engage with your kids. Dude, you're wrong. I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. It doesn't mean you didn't kick ass at work and, and you get a pat on the back. You don't get a pat on the back. That's your freaking job. You are dad. Uh, you're a hero and you need to act as such. And I think that's a problem with society today is we, we are fatherless. We have father. I'm not talking about just inner city. I'm talking everywhere. Like you, you, you get the same issue, maybe not the same issues, but you got similar issues inner city in the country. You got a lot of fathers not being a father. All right. I mean, it's just that. And, and I was and I was that guy. And I and it took uh, <clears throat> a, a crazy event to, for me to see it. But I, I see it in my friends. I see it in other people. I hear stuff. I watch it. And I'm like, dude, like, the, you know, a dad doesn't ever show up to the kid's soccer game. You might see him once. Like, that, that's bullshit. Like, and the kids are on the you can see them on the field looking towards the sideline. Is dad here? Is dad here? Or they do a good play. What do they do? It's always look to the sideline for that, like, affirmation. Oh, do you see what I did? Did you see what I did? And and a lot of them are in their phone shooting off emails or playing Candy Crush or or something (laughs) instead of being locked on what they should be. And and it's sad. And um, so, yeah, I – I'm calling out dads right now. Like if, if that's you, you got to change. And, and I was it, it just, Hey dude, you messed up, you know, stop crying, get on it and start right now. And just like kind of be there for your, your children and your family. Cause that's, that's our, that's a, the biggest problem. I in, in my uh, opinion today is that right there is the lack of family values and investing in the family. I, I don't think it's your opinion. I think it's, it's, well, it is your opinion, but it's also fact. Yeah, it's also fact. <laughs> it's, the leading cor- it's the leading correlate for everything. That's what's so crazy mm-hmm. when people are like, um, uh, you know, black 51% of all murders are committed by 6% of the population, which are black men. Or, it, it, dude, they, like, stop looking at color. That's what I mean by pushing right. racism. Yes. Correlate yes. is not there. Skin color does nothing, has no, nothing to do with anything except your relationship with the sun. I hate seeing that in the paper. Yeah, white cop kills black cop. Just say cop killed a man. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah, because you're not gonna ever. You're. I've never really seen it the other way. Like they, they just paint this. Like, dude, it's a man and a cop, or or whatever it is. Who cares? That's where our problem is. William, go fuck yourself. For dollar ninety nine, I still won't read your fucking message because you're talking shit about my mom. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Um. So. Um. Uh. The, the what leading, was that? God, this, I have a crazy. I have a crazy. These. It, I do a lot of your mom jokes, and I have. Oh, that I have another. <laughs> Josh Bridges, by any chance? Mm. He's a CrossFit Games athlete. Okay, he's a seal, and I have another podcast with him. And Josh, my, sorry, Josh Bridges. Oh, okay. I knew a Josh Rich, not Josh Bridges. Okay, sorry. and he. I think he's younger than you guys. Most of the guys I know, I think, are younger than you. Um, but uh. There's this ongoing joke about him and my mom. My mom really likes him. My mom comments on his Instagram and shit, and he comments back to my mom. So everyone just likes like That's talking hilarious. about him and my That's mom. That's awesome. Yeah, That's you know, awesome. These fuckers ass. So I started the mess. So it's just That's awesome. Yeah. Um the leading correlate is is the, the, the leading correlate between these guys, regardless of their skin, is they don't have both parents at home. They didn't right. have a dad. Stop looking at skin color, like even obesity, the leading correlate for obesity is people who didn't have both parents at home. The leading um, correlate for cancer is not that you spent too much time. It's that you didn't have both parents at home. Like why? It's so crazy how powerful that is to have two role models. I didn't know that about obesity. That's uh, everything that, that's dude, just across that's the board. Mm-hmm. Finding anything bad. Um, you know Thomas so well, the economist. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, like he has tons of books on that. Like just like he just starts pointing out correlate after correlate. Like, dude, mm-hmm. 
and, yeah, and, and people who do have both parents, everything's better. Yeah. Uh, even if you got two bad parents. I mean, what divorce rates, what, like 50, it's like over 50%, like 51, 52%, I think in America right now, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I'm guilty. I've been, I'm divorced too, but, uh, but, but we also like kind of accepted in society. Oh yeah. Everyone gets divorced. And, and, and my parents, like divorced. My parents are divorced and I turned out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like to say I did too. Don't, I mean, but, but at the other end, we got the, 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 the flip side that they, they do the victim mentality, right? Oh, I didn't have a dad. So I'm acting out and no, like, you, we all know you cannot help how you were brought up, what your situation, region, or what 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 elements went into that uh, you're growing up. But once you're old enough to realize that, you you have the power to make a choice to do the right thing or the wrong thing. So there's no freaking excuse. I mean, I really don't believe, unless, don't get me wrong, there's probably some crazy stuff that I don't know about, like medical uh, that, that I don't know about, but you have the choice to not be that victim. Like, man, I have a shitty, uh, shitty um, childhood. I'm turning it around because when I have kids, I don't want them to ever have that. And and we have this victim mentality. Oh, it's because of this, or it's because of this and obesity, same thing, right? Mm-hmm. People in bad health, same thing. Oh, I've got a gluten problem. Really? Really? You didn't even know what gluten was until about 10 years ago. <laughs> right. So it's 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 crazy. Everyone's got these excuses and excuses and excuses. And we uh, talked about dog, you better not howl. I'm letting you go. We talked about this yesterday on the podcast. There's a point in your life where everything is your parents' fault. Everything that's wrong with you. But there's also a point, I don't know when it fits your 18 or 22 or 27, but there's a point when all of a sudden none of it's your parents' fault and it's all your responsibility. All your responsibility. And if you still have the word no. fault in there, like, and at that time you have to love your parents and take full responsibility. I don't care if your parents made you 100%. anorexic. I don't care if they taught you to hate you. I don't care. Like at some point it doesn't matter. Now it's right. all, it, it, I'll say it, it's all your fault. It's all your responsibility. It's all, and, and th- that's what becoming an adult is about to stop the blame and and I can see someone coming in. Well, what if I was abused sexually or whatever it is? My whole thing, like, hey, that sucks, and I am so bad that you went through that. But it's on you yes. to go get the help you need yep. and to kind of figure it out. Like, hey, that wasn't your fault. Like, we didn't happens. make these rules. Me yeah, and Eddie it, Matt didn't make these rules. This, this is the pathway to happiness that we're sharing with you, right? And I hate seeing people that just stay in their little world and they just like they just stay there. Yeah. Better themselves. Yeah, the What's victim that? the victim mentality is almost be it's it's like the new hero. You know, yeah, I remember when I was growing up, like you would see these like the action heroes, you know, like the Rambo's, and you're like, right. oh, I'm gonna be that dude, just putting wow. the country on your back and taking all responsibility. And now, really, what's being pushed is like it's not your fault; it's somebody else's fault. How do you, you're how just do you a victim feel? here. How do you feel? Okay, yep. cool. That's great. Yeah. That's like we can't help your feelings. That's awesome. We feel certain things. Okay, now take action to feel better or do certain things. And we just don't do that. People are like, yeah, you know, I lost a family member, which is horrible. And yep. and you start going down the slippery slope. Okay. You need to do something and implement something in your life to bring you back up. But there's just, there's no, there really is no excuses for anything in this world. I, mm-hmm. I just feel like there's always a way. I'm not going to say you can't be depressed or, or down or sad, but you only get so much, man. You, you don't get five years of it. Like, I'm sorry. You right. just don't. And there's an abundance of knowledge and resources. I mean, we exactly. have the internet. It's exactly. so it's not even a fair advantage because you could go on there and resource your help, or there's mm-hmm. so many different support communities for people that are like you that have made it out of their situation. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what your situation is. If you find one person, whether it be in the past or whether it be happening right now, that made it out of their situation, that took responsibility and bettered their life, that had a similar situation as yours, like there you go. Right. There's there's, the there's your mentorship program right there. 100 percent That's why like <clears throat> I've talked to so many people, it's like they go through a crazy divorce and they're like feeling sorry for them. Like, hey, have you ever thought that maybe you're going through this for someone else? Like you're going through this. It sucks. Uh, but like once you get through this, you can feed into someone else that's going through it and don't let them go down the road of putting a gun to their head or sticking yep. their face in a, an amount of freaking powder. Maybe yep. that's what and maybe you do it for a lot of people. I, I don't know what it is or an alcoholic. Right. Right. Like I, t- I tell people all the time, the bar's not worth it, man. I remember spending months at a freaking bar drinking my sorrows away like a little douchebag. And like now if I if someone comes to me about them, like, hey man, it's not worth it. Like go go do something. I like I enrolled myself in like fighting, like okay, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu, because yep. I did not want to go hung over and get my ass kicked. So I like I stopped right, right. <laughs> accountability, yeah. right? That's it. <clears throat> 
There, there's in, in, in the, in your bio, it says something about you went on a church retreat. I did. Yeah. That's where I found my, I just, so you, just so you know, I got about five minutes left before I got to jump off here. I got to work call. I got to do. So apologize okay. for that. Uh, yeah, I, I went over to, um, it's called, it's wild at heart. It's from John Eldridge. He's out of Colorado, but I, but the one I went to is true North ministries in Oklahoma city and just found my, um, found my faith through there. Thank God. That was my saving grace for sure. Was that hard going, Eddie? Were you like, fuck, I'm not doing this shit? Well, yes and no. I didn't really know all the details about it. But at the same time, I'm like, I remember getting there like, hey, where's the wine or some kind of beer or something alcoholic? And there there just wasn't that. And then I'm like, okay, are we just going to be doing like kumbaya? Because I've got this, this perspective of, all right, this is what a Christian is. And what I'm seeing in my mind is a weak little boy. Just like not aggressive, not because I'm a warrior. I am a warrior <clears throat> based on my career. That's, <clears throat> excuse me, been my whole life. Um, and then so he kind of puts it to, to this is what people think. Of, like People think that Christians are like Mr. Rogers, right? Like right. put on your loafers, your sweater vest, and like let's read a book and all that stuff. And But then he compares it to like really it's supposed to be like William Wallace from Braveheart or Russell Crowe in Gladiator. And then he gives all these different examples of like, because people don't realize this. We're, we are in a war right now. Your life is a freaking war. It might not be bow and arrows or axes or guns, but your kids, they give you some battles. Your significant other give you some battles. Your work gives you battles. Your fitness level gives you some battles. The 65 and 95 pound barbell gives you battles, right? So we all have these battles and um, you, if I think I believe that people change their mindset to like instead of oh getting up another day going to work and like okay I'm a warrior just imagine yourself as a freaking warrior whatever time frame you want to be and you go do your work somebody comes to you with you a problem or whatever it is you man up and you fix it or try to help in a warrior style and that means by being proactive implementing and not being these weak coward individuals like I'm offended by this oh I don't want to deal with this or whatever it is like. Be the solution. We always talk about change, change, change. And then we always heard this. The change starts with you. And that is so true. Like you be the change because you being this like leader and aggressive style of living life. Right. It doesn't mean you got to be militant about anything at all. Uh, people are going to be like, what is, what's why is he different? What, what's what's going on? It's just going to feed over. And I've had many mentors where I like, dude, I really like that dude's style. I like his charisma the way he is like it, it motivated me and you just take my elements of these mentors put them in and i try to feed into the people in my world it might be somebody at a gym that uh, somebody that just got out of the military that's having a hard time i'm not gonna be like yeah man i hope everything's well and like no dude because i know for a fact that it's happened many times like you could go home and put a pistol in his mouth and i i don't want that on my conscience and i don't mm-hmm. want that for his family so i take that time like i right, do what's going on and it's to the point sometimes like hey here's my number or, and I got to check up on these guys. And that's why I started a lot of the stuff on eddiepenny.com and the one-on-ones join the den. We can talk about it, motivate each other, sense of community, all this stuff. So there's things to do. And I think if we all try to do, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell people go do this or go do that. Like it, it should be laid on your heart what you need to do or what, what it might be. And it might be making pictures for people. I, I, I don't know. There's so many things that can help others. And, and I think that we, we, uh, we worry about ourselves. Too much. And I've been guilty of that too. Yes. Uh, hence my SEAL training. But that, that's not the way to do it. That's not what we're called to do. We're, we're called to do this together. Uh, and, and it's tough to, to dive into. But that was, a, that was a long answer. Sorry. No, no, I like it. Um, Eddie, we, did, I, um, we didn't even get started. I know you got to go. <laughs> I'm dying to know how you learned about leadership. Um, you ended up being the head of, head of one of your platoons, right? Uh, no, I got, uh, yeah, I was a, yes, I was when I was a SEAL team too. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you run the contingent group yep. and I want to know, I want I have questions about extortion 17. That, that's the helicopter, right? Mm-hmm. I want to know about what it was like getting, um, your kids. Like how the fuck does a man get custody of his three kids from the woman? Like there's so much more to talk yeah, about. Yeah. Why don't we do it. uh let's do a part two. Is that cool? Okay. Oh yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. Okay. And I'm and I'll make sure too. that we got time locked up. I apologize. Some things kind of came up. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. I'm <clears> glad. <throat> I'm glad that I even got any of this time. Um, if you guys want to know more, you guys should follow this guy, um, on Instagram. Uh, he's, he's, he's a great man and why he's a great man is because he's a father who takes responsibility for his kids and he's all about just bettering his life. My last question to you is this, Eddie, are you going to run for office? 
I've uh, <laughs> I've heard that question a lot lately. No, no plans or anything like that. I haven't really given thought to it. <clears throat> if things lined up and certain things, well, we'll 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 see. But there's there's definitely no plans. I'm not going to say never or no because I've said that before. Just like I never thought I'd have be raising three kids and look what happened. <laughs> <laughs> now you got five kids. Right. <laughs> um, thanks for coming on. Thanks for uh, letting us get to know you. Uh, yeah. It's Lex Let's set up, set up part two. We can do it uh, probably next week sometime if you want. I'd so love just, to. Like, let me know Thank what you guys you. want. And I apologize for the time. I'll Not make sure deal. we got a good two hour block for whatever we want to do. And we keep rolling. It was awesome talking to you guys. Awesome. Like, seriously. We got to do it again. Thank so you. Let me know. Thank you.